Hello, and welcome to the Peasant Times Dispatch. I am Scoot, and this is the Peasant Podcast. Thank you all for sticking with me during September. As I mentioned in my letter to the editor, which I published this week, I got a lot of great data, and I'm making some changes to the offering here. One of those changes you will experience this month, it's a unifying theme for for each month for the content that I provide. Another change is the introduction of sections, which you may have noticed. These include the regular section, the Peasant Times Dispatch, the Peasant Library, where I will be publishing essays, the adventures of Tillis Warren, and other, um, other writings, poetry, prose, more essays, um, things like that. So that's all going to go in the Peasant Library. The discourses are where I'm going to publish what I've been referring to as advanced peasantry. That's if, if the Peasant Times Dispatch contains Peasant Life 101, then the discourses is where I'm going to be putting Peasant Life 201 and 301. I'm still working on developing that, but expect that in the new year. And then lastly, we've got letters to the editor where I can more personally address you and um, speak to you about what's going on in my life, what's going on with the, the Peasant Times Dispatch as a whole, and talk to you about what you're looking for in the Peasant Times Dispatch. So we will see how the Peasant Times Dispatch evolves over the next year, so you can rest easy and know that you are free of self-promotion until September returns next year. So, with that out of the way, the theme that we are talking about this month is saints and heroes. Every culture has some form of honor for its heroes. There are people who embody the national spirit, who embody virtues which everyone should look up to. Um, Every culture has some kind of military honor that they award people, like in the United States, it's the Medal of Honor. There's, every culture has and needs some way of emphasizing that these particular people had virtues that ought to be emulated and had lived lives that were extraordinary. And this is a good thing. It is good for a culture to encourage and promote um, some form of, of heroism in its people. Not in everybody, because not everyone can be a hero but in recognizing it when it appears in the few. They highlight the virtues of that society. For the Christians and Catholics, that's the saints. They embody the Christian virtues, and they embody it uh, heroically, um, in in many cases to the point of death, in the case of the numerous martyrs that we have. Um, We also have doctors of the church who serve the church intellectually. There are saints for everything. So um, the saints are a wonderful source of example of virtues that we can emulate. But there's more things in life than just the saints. There's the Medal of Honor recipients are another um, important honor and distinction for heroes in the civic world, particularly um, in military affairs. But there's something to there's something to learn from them even in our civic lives. There's, they typically embody for, for civic um, honors, they typically embody national virtues. For many Medal of Honor recipients, it's things like selflessness and courage. But there's also people who usurp the position of saints and heroes. 
people who become household names but who don't really have a virtuous or heroic um, uh, quality about them. How many reality show celebrities can you name? And then think about how many saints can you name? How many Medal of Honor recipients can you name? Why does this matter? Because the people that we allow to play a major role in our lives will influence us. Just like the, the f- friends, people that you have in your close association, you'll, you'll tend to converge in, in mannerisms and behaviors. It's why young children, you don't want them to fall in with a quote-unquote bad crowd because if they do, your child will begin to absorb some of the qualities of that quote-unquote bad crowd. If you give your child a book of heroic stories of saints or Medal of Honor recipients, then the hope is that some of the qualities of those saints or Medal of Honor recipients will rub off on your child and they will adopt some of those values as their own. You want to associate with people who raise you up rather than bring you down. And this happens even if the people that we're associating with in a manner are on TV or in person or lived in ancient history. The, the, it's the, the bottom line is that the things that we let into our mind change us. A way that I've heard this said is, you are what you eat. What do you feed your brain? So this Lives of Saints is an excellent resource for um, feeding your brain good, wholesome, virtuous, heroic things. I'll just take a moment to do a quick plug. You may have seen it in my September appeals. You may see it on my recommendations. But there's a substack out there called the Manly Saints Project, and it is an excellent source of wisdom for saints that have manly virtues in particular. Um, Hugh Hunter does a fantastic job emphasizing the life, the life of that saint and the virtues that they contain or that their lives embody um, so that we can absorb them and we can learn from them. So far be it for me to go to all this trouble to tell you about the value of saints and heroes without telling you uh, about a few of them. So here's a story of a saint, and then later I'll tell you a story of a Medal of Honor recipient. The saint that's on my mind right now is St. Thomas More. So most of what I know about St. Thomas More I learned from the movie A Man for All Seasons. Specifically, there's a, there's a Charlton Heston one, and there's one that has Paul Schofield. If you've never heard of this movie before, look up the one with Paul Schofield. It's amazing. Um, again, it's a, a man for all seasons. St. Thomas More lived during the time of the... Um, I forget what you call it, but um, King Henry VIII, and when he was um, kind of creating the Church of England, and, and you've probably all heard the story of King Henry VIII. He divorced many wives in pursuit of having a son, and... Um, one of the obstacles to one of his divorces was the inability for the, the church to endorse, um, endorse his divorce. They refused to grant an annulment. So he did away with the church, and that's how the Church of England got started. He asserted his own authority over the church rather than submission to the Pope's authority. St. Thomas More lived during this time, and um, he was a close advisor to the king. 
and um, his life was remarkable because he told the truth. He refused to lie. And if he was obliged to lie, he would simply refuse to speak. The way he's represented in, in the film, A Man for All Seasons, strikes me as true, even though that's basically all that I, all that I know about him. Um, it's probably fictionalized in some small senses, but um, largely draws on his actual life and experience. He could not, in good conscience, abide the divorce by, uh, of King Henry VIII and his pursuit of the marriage to Anne Boleyn. He could not abide by his usurpation of authority over the church in England. But because he is a loyal subject, he would not condemn the king and he would not denounce the king. And, and he would not publicly uh, denounce or endorse his sinful actions. The long and short of it is that it was this reason why he was put to death. St. Thomas More is a great example because he was willing to pay the ultimate price for sticking with his values, for refusing to compromise the church, for refusing to compromise his honor, and for refusing to sin by lying knowingly. Um, so a, a good quote from St. Thomas More said, he says, don't worry about me no matter what happens in this world. Nothing can happen to me that God doesn't want. And all that he wants, no matter how bad it may appear to us, is really for the best. St. Thomas More's is an example of radical trust in God and radical truth. Not even radical truth, radical silence. He was killed, ultimately, for refusing to speak. In a time where the thing that they wanted him to say was sinful. So, ruminate on that for a while. St. Thomas More. If you haven't heard of him, he's well worth a Google. This is not a comprehensive lookup. Um, Hugh from the Manly Saints Project, if you're listening, I would love to hear a, a, your take on St. Thomas More. So, that's a saint for you to consider. Here's a story of a Medal of, Medal of Honor recipient, Roger Young. If you're a fan of science fiction, you might recognize this name because it was the name of a troop transport in Robert Heinlein's book, Starship Troopers. Um, there was a, it's an excellent book. It contains a lot of uh, political philosophy and things, things that aren't really, uh, I would say, uh, virtuous or moral from a Catholic perspective. Robert Heinlein was not a Catholic, but um, still, it's a remarkable book um, nonetheless and was influential on me in my contemplation of, of philosophical matters. Anyway, that was also my introduction to the story of um, this Roger Young. Roger Young was a um, soldier in World War II, and he was fighting the Japanese with his platoon when he received the order to withdraw from, um, from the position to better consolidate their line and um, uh, you know, as, as troop movements generally do, sometimes uh, uh, one section has to pull back so that they can have a more solid uh, uh, front. But Roger Young's platoon was taking heavy enemy fire at the time, so it was difficult for them, impossible even, for them to withdraw. So, under heavy fire, Roger Young was shot. He was wounded the first time. He began crawling um, towards the machine gun nest that was pinning his, his platoon down um, and he received another wound. He was shot again. 
Um, when he got close enough, he returned rifle fire. He uh, began throwing hand grenades into the pillbox that the Japanese were firing from. And ultimately um, killed and distracted the, the Japanese in the pillbox, um, but he sacrificed his life in, in doing so. But he allowed his platoon, his platoon to be able to perform their strategic retreat. Roger Young's example is one of selflessness and sacrifice, is one of putting the, the needs of the whole over the needs of the few. Um, it's a, a truly remarkable story of a, you know, a young man who sees that there's no way out of this situation if one bold person refuses to act. And so he was that bold person and he chose to act. And um, the rest of his platoon was able to survive because of his actions. Um, he's recognized as a as a American hero for um, for these qualities that he has, and and contemplating them can help us think about you know how are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to sacrifice for? So how is all of this important to us as peasants? The idea of a peasant is someone who is is just simple and focused on um, the things that are around him and the things that are in, in front of him. But he's not isolated from the world. He still knows what's going on. The stories of saints and heroes remind us of what values are worthwhile, what values we want to pass on. If we want to have a good work ethic, is there a saint out there who has a good work ethic that we can emulate? Is there a hero out there who worked hard to achieve something? We can learn from these people, and again, we can um, adopt these values into our own lives. Thank you all very much for listening. I appreciate any comments, criticisms, critiques, and feedback. I'm grateful to all of you for sticking with me through this journey, and I look forward to coming back next month with more. God bless you all. Until next time, this has been Scoot with the Peasant Podcast.